what you want to do is you want to give away enough so that people can really feel like they understand this, the, the software that you're building and, and they can, they can do a true evaluation and whether that's in a free forever or in a limited time trial, um, you know, it's, I think it's important that you really enable users to get a true sense of whether this thing can be effective for them. Hello and welcome back to Clearview's Founder Vision. I am joined today um, by CEO uh, Dennis Kelly of Postalytics, a uh, direct mail marketing automation platform. How are you today, Dennis? Doing great, Brian. And how about yourself? I am excellent. Thanks again for joining us. Um, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Um, if, before we get started, why don't, why don't we tell the audience a little bit about what Postalytics is and, and what you guys do? Yeah, sure. So, so Postalytics is a software company, uh, and we are uh, devoted to the idea of modernizing direct mail marketing. Uh, and so uh, we've built a, a cloud-based software tool that sits on top of a network of print and mail partners uh, currently around the U.S., and soon uh, in Canada. And uh, our software enables marketers to log in from anywhere, quickly pull together a campaign, press send or schedule it, and then our software will take care of uh, the creation of the mail pieces, uh, the tracking of uh, where your mail is and who's responded, and then integration into your CRM or marketing automation tool. Excellent. And, and who is your product for primarily? We're selling to marketers uh, at businesses of lots of different sizes. Uh, our, our typical customer is, I guess we would call them the tech-enabled SMB. So uh, a small to mid-sized business, say between 200 and a th or 20 and 1,000 employees uh, that has a, a marketing team and of some size, it could be one marketer or, or many, and and then typically an investment in some sort of marketing tech stack. And so, you know, we're, we're taking very much a software-based approach to solving an analog marketing channel uh, uh, workflow problems. And so folks that are invested in uh, marketing tech typically are able to figure it out pretty quickly and, and deploy it and manage it very well. What inspired you to develop this particular idea? Well, uh, it's it's kind of a long story, uh, and it involves hey, got a, time. <laughs> <laughs> it involves a pivot and and some history, uh, and, and so uh, I guess just taking a step back, uh, I've been involved in uh, early stage software startups here in the Boston area for uh, pretty much the last thirty years. And uh, this is my sixth startup. Uh, and so I, I like to get involved really early and, and try to, um, you know, add value as, as a contributor and, and a builder, as well as uh, a CEO that can grow and scale a business over time. Um, and 
you know, along the way, uh, I've met a lot of great people. And uh, a, a few years ago, I had uh, sold a business and, and after taking a little bit of time to uh, uh, relax, I started looking around for the next thing to do. And I heard from a person I worked with at a couple of startups uh, several years prior. Uh, this guy uh, is a, he's a brilliant software architect uh, and, and we'd had some great successes working together previously. And, and he reached out and said, hey, uh, not only are we living right near each other, but uh, I've developed some pretty cool software as a side gig and uh, we'd love for you to take a look at it. And so we sat down and, and looked at what he had created and he had some really customers that uh, were using a software tool that enabled marketers to uh, do a few things with direct mail. Uh, the first one, uh, it was really about measuring the online response to a direct mail campaign. And then there were also some tools uh, that uh, were sort of at their beginning stages that we ended up building out uh, that enabled marketers to surround direct mail with email marketing and text message campaigns. Uh, and, and so what we decided to do was to build that software out and, and, uh, and, and then sell it to what today we might call the legacy direct mail marketing industry. Uh, so, you know, the, uh, the brands that have big direct mail departments, uh, uh, agencies that focus entirely on direct mail marketing, um, print service providers who are uh, providing marketing services to their clients. And so, you know, we started to staff up and, and built that business uh, uh, under a brand that we called Boynet. And, you know, after a few years, it just felt like sales were a bit of a slog and, and the business ended up being very services centric. And so we were, you know, doing a lot of big professional services projects along the way. And, and it just wasn't the, the vision that my partner and I had for this business. And, and so we thought, you know, is there, is there something else we can do? We've, we've created a lot of great software. Um, and, and along that time, we had some customers come to us and say, hey, guys, you guys are living in this sort of hybrid space between digital and direct mail. You got some cool software. Um, you know, we've just invested a lot of time and energy in building out a lot of marketing infrastructure in HubSpot or Salesforce. And, uh, you know, we'd love to connect that to direct mail somehow. Uh, you know, can you guys help us out? And, you know, we had a few of these conversations and then it kind of dawned on us that maybe the thing to do is to start selling uh, some new software that is designed around solving some really critical problems with the entire direct mail workflow. And, and so we just decided at that point to stop really building and marketing the existing Boynet product. And we took about a year, uh, repackaged a lot of that core software that we had built and came out as, as Postalytics uh, at the, end of 2017, early 2018. 
And, and what's unique about this particular uh, approach? So, so what, you know, our experience with the Boynet product and, and working really in the middle of the direct mail production workflow exposed us to a, a really clear understanding of some of the challenges that marketers face when they are um, building and uh, managing direct mail marketing campaigns. And, and in particular, marketers that don't have a lot of experience or background in direct mail, um, you know, they just, they just want their, their software to make things work easily. And, and the traditional direct mail workflow is, involves a lot of manual steps, uh, uh, emailing of files around, phone calls, uh, each campaign that you create is a sort of a bespoke thing and you, you negotiate price with vendors and uh, there's a tremendous number of moving parts. And, and so what we've done is we've created a software tool that allows you to uh, create a direct mail creative piece, whether it's a postcard or a letter, right online in an editor like you would with an email. Uh, you can embed personalization tags like you would merge tag kind of concepts and dynamic content blocks like you would with an email campaign. And then link into your CRM or marketing automation tool to get data to, to send mail to your prospects or clients. And then schedule a campaign and not have to deal with the printer, not have to deal with the postage. And, and all of the optimization and specialty that goes into uh, making sure that you're compliant with post office standards and, and that um, you know, you're getting the best possible rate that you can get for your postage. Um, and, and so, uh, and, and, and then what the software will do is it'll package up a campaign, send it out, and then actually track where your mail is in the delivery process, as well as bundle some of those tools we developed under Boynet. So you can actually track the delivery and the response to direct mail. And then we can sync that right back into your CRM. So if you want a, uh, an email to go out the same day as a, as a postcard arrives at, at a person's house or business, you can just link up your, your email marketing tool and, and uh, uh, an event from Postalytics can trigger an email to go out to coincide with the delivery of a, of a direct mail piece. And, and so by, by wrapping this software layer around this very offline production process, uh, we've greatly streamlined the whole um, ability of marketers to use direct mail as a part of multi-channel campaigns. So uh, we, we've really sort of changed the workflow. Uh, we enable marketers to do things with direct mail that they traditionally haven't been able to do and, and use it in a way to complement their digital and their email marketing uh, with the same workflows that they're already accustomed to. Sure. Very cool. So it sounds like what Postalytics is, is really trying to do is make direct mail marketing campaigns as uh, you know, easy and, and as, as trackable as the online advertising campaigns 
marketers have gotten used to, to, to running is, is that fair? That's, that's very fair. Yeah. You know, that what we're, what we're able to provide is really a, a, an experience that looks and acts and feels like an email marketing experience. Uh, and, you know, we, we built out a lot of email marketing uh, software under the, with the previous tool. And, and so we, we had a pretty good understanding of what folks are looking for there. And right. we thought, you know what, it's really no different. You're taking data from some CRM and you're merging it with creative and you're sending it out, uh, rather than sending it to email servers, we're sending it to printers and, uh, and, and, and then tracking it along the way. Interesting. Um, so Dennis, for our listeners out there who um, are uh, thinking of starting their own company, I think one of the the, the common uh, things we tend to hear from from that segment of the audience is, you know, how, how do I get from, you know, this great idea I have to launch? Um, how did you guys approach that? And what challenges did you have to overcome at, at that stage to, to get from idea to, you know, so, something tangible that uh, customers could could use? Well, you know, we really went through that in a couple of different phases, as you think about it. So so when we first were launching the, the, the BoingNet software, um, you know, my partner, uh, as I mentioned, is a is a he's a software architect and he built software. And so uh, what what it really required for us to do to commercialize his uh, early software was to, uh, you know, build some structure around it, some process, uh, you know, uh, build up a, a, a website that looks and feels like a real business. Uh, and, you know, we, we really focused a lot on content marketing and, you know, the idea that, um, you know, we've got a lot of thoughts and best practices and, and, and ways to use the software that we can share. And, and so we're very active on a blog, social media, and, and, you know, really as a, even as a very small company trying to give the impression, Hey, there's, there's something solid there. So if somebody's looking from the outside, you know, they, they think, huh, all right, well, this isn't some little fly-by-night operation. This this looks substantial. This looks like a real thing, and and so you know that that those ideas of you know uh, creating um, web content that is professional and 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 relatively substantial uh, to 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 us just makes perfect sense, and it's something that you can just do with some hard work. Right. You don't have to invest tons of money um, if you're passionate about what you can do and what you're doing and you can write about it and, you know, just handle basic uh, website management stuff. It's, it's relatively easy to do. And, and so uh, with both BoyNet and with Postalytics, there's a very much an early focus on on the on website and in really trying to optimize around search engine optimization. So, you know, if you're, if you're creating a new thing, there's an opportunity to get free traffic out there. And, and it, it doesn't require, you know, a, a, a massive investment 
to just, you know, put together blog posts and web pages that are structured in a way that Google and Bing and other search engines are, uh, will find easy to use. And, and, you know, as you do that, people find your stuff. People, if, if you've got something of that, that people are interested, they're going to find you. And then you can begin a conversation and you can start having customers. And, and so um, that content marketing leads to some traction, some early stage search engine traffic. And then all of a sudden you can have lots of conversations with folks as a result. Sure. How, how did you define success at those early stages? Sure. So, uh, you know, it really at the very early stages from our perspective, it's about, you know, building a sales pipeline. And, and, and so, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to have a lot of conversations in order to get a sale. You know, I was trying to think of like a, a 10 to one ratio, right? Like you, you, you need, you need 10 solid prospects in order to get one sale. And, and then once you, so you've got to build up a, a, a pipeline, you've got to, you've got to find a bunch of people that have some interest and then you've got to take them through some sort of a process. Uh, and, and so, um, really the, the early stage metrics that were most important to us were, you know, uh, generating leads, working through some sort of sales process and figure out, is it a repeatable sales process? Does it kind of look uh, like it's got a, a, a relatively consistent timeline associated with it? And, and, and then you can start thinking about, you know, how many salespeople I would need as this thing grows. If I were to add more and more uh, leads into this funnel, what does it look like coming out of the other side? Right. And, and so, you know, I think those are really important at the, at the early stage. Have a lot of conversations, try to figure out who your ideal customer profile is and you know, what do they look like? You know, what, what is, what, what, what are the sort of core, um, uh, demographics or, or firmographics about, you know, the, the type of customer that is likely to want your stuff. And you can really only do that by having a lot of conversations. Right. So is that what your typical day looks like, you know, early on is, is just a lot of conversations, some of which, you know, may or may not go anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. And it's sort of, it, it's important to try to develop some kind of a filter, right? Where after uh, a few minutes of conversation, you can kind of figure out, is this a probable prospect or is this just a, a, a conversation that we're having that's probably going to go nowhere? And, yeah. You know, it takes a little bit of time, right? Because you don't really know in the beginning exactly what that ideal customer looks and sounds like. But yeah. it's important to figure that out. And then, then, you can start like building content for those people specifically, as opposed to kind of for everybody to just talk to me. Right, right. No, that's 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 interesting because you know I think early on, um, you know, you may have like sort of already set in your own mind what your ideal customer looks like, and and so sometimes if you bring those preconceived notions into those conversations, you may you know miss you know, not just an opportunity to work with that particular, um, 
person, but, you know, an opportunity to, to, to move your business in a direction where, you know, the market is, is actually, you know, there's a demand for, for that. So how, how do you sort of, uh, catch your own biases in those early conversations and make sure you're not hearing what just what you want to hear? Well, you know, I think that um, you have to stay fairly disciplined around segmenting your audience as you're having these conversations and then really try to get a handle on the sales process with various segments so, you know, you could start with something simple like enterprise size companies, mid-sized companies, small business, very small business, you know, consumers of various types if you're selling to consumers. And then and then, you know, have engage with all of them. And then, you know, ultimately you're going to go down the road, you're going to have some actual sales conversations, you're going to try to close some business. And, you know, it's really, it can become apparent, you know, where the least amount of friction is for your product. Right. And, and, and where consistently over and over again, the, the, you know, the, the core product components make the most sense to some sort of audience. And, and so the, the key really is, is is looking at in a fairly disciplined way how long does it take me to land one of these on a repeatable basis and one of these on a repeatable basis and one of these and 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 so you know the market will tell you but you have to really stay focused and disciplined on it and you know that's that looking back on on our first iteration with boynet we had early success Right. We had customers and, and they were buying the software. Um, but, you know, where where I think we we probably lost some time was that early success kind of skewed our vision of, uh, uh, of or, or skewed our thinking because our company sort of started training a direction that really wasn't consistent with our vision. Right. You know, it was becoming the services company and, you know, we just didn't see a services company fulfilling the growth that we thought we could get in this market. And, and so, you know, the, the trap that, you know, I probably get into and uh, I think is, is pretty easy to get into is you're just working so hard every day your head is down and you're executing on things and you're, you're, you know, moving things along the assembly line internally, and you can kind of lose track of, you know, the bigger picture and, and, and start, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, that isn't leading you to the right place. Right. And so, you know, sometimes you just got to take a step back and say, you know what, we're going to tweak this. We're going to go in a slightly different direction based on what we've learned and ultimately that can be the thing that pays off and you know our growth has exploded since we've we've made that shift uh we're very very thankful that we've had that opportunity to um you know kind of take that first business and pivot off of it um so you know i think those are all important things as you're 
as you're engaging with your early customers, your early prospects to try to keep in mind. Right. Well, that's the piece I want to dig in just a little bit further on. Yeah, because I think a lot of founders out there struggle with, um, you know, I've, I've got this vision. Um, you know, it, 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 we're far enough long in, you know, the, the, the whole software eats the world uh, that, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to create a, a tech startup at, at least that, you know, is going to be, you know, an overnight success when, you know, we're at kind of a stage where things are a little more mature and most tech products need far more development than they did 10 years ago to be viable um, in the marketplace. Uh, so I'm curious, like at, if, you know, if I'm a founder and I've got this vision, um, how do you manage, I guess, your own expectations when, you know, you're talking to customers and either the business you're winning or the feedback you're getting um, seems to want to take the business in a different direction, but you're convinced the better long-term strategy is, is sort of the vision you've, you've had all along. How, how do you sort of balance those and know when to listen to, to the marketplace and when to, you know, kind of hold on to your own vision and, and try to stick it out? Yeah, well, I think there's, there's a couple of things there. Um, you know, I, I'd say uh, first, you know, customers always want features. They, they want the software to do this and or that. And, and a lot of times they have um, their own vision, right, of, of what their ideal workflow might be or their kind of ideal partner. And, you know, they'll, they'll ask for a lot of things. And you have to be able to translate those asks into a couple of different vectors. I think first, you know, is this an ask? Uh, is, is, is the market telling me something that I, if I were to introduce it to a thousand others, just like this person, would it likely add value to their view of this? Uh, or is this kind of a one-off, right? And, and, you know, from my perspective, uh, you know, one-offs can get you a couple of early wins, but you can't really build a scalable business around this idea of, you know, building custom features for everybody that, that asks for them. Right. So, so that's, I think a really delicate balance because, you know, you need a couple of early customers and, you know, you can, you can offer them, uh, you know, some, maybe some more input into your roadmap, uh, than a customer would have otherwise, but ultimately you've got to rationalize, uh, you know, the, the things that the market is telling you against, how you can see things scale. And, and so, you know, ideally you build systems that have, you know, a, an ability to uh, have a customization maybe on your own, like have, a, have an API, right? And, and, and let customers kind of do their own thing with it. Um, it's not always possible. Uh, so, so that's one. And then two, I think, uh, another thing that that we found to be very, very valuable 
uh, we've created a freemium version of Postalytics. And so you can go to our website. You don't have to speak with anybody. You can sign up and start using the software in a matter of minutes. And, you know, you don't have to engage with us at all. You can use the software entirely on your own and, you know, just pay for whatever pieces of mail you send in our case. Um, and other types of businesses, maybe there's no kind of monetization of a freemium product, but you can learn a tremendous amount by watching the usage of a freemium software tool. And, and if you can, if you can segment the people coming in a little bit, ask them some questions in exchange for giving them free use of software, then you can say, all right, well, you know, customers that look like this are tending to use these features and not these features, you know, over big numbers. When you put free stuff out there, lots of people use it. Right. And so, so, you know, it costs a little bit, right? I mean, you know, it's kind of tough sometimes to put free things out there that when you need to pay the bills, but, but it's like incredible market research and, and, uh, you know, you can really learn a tremendous amount by uh, having fairly rigid um, segments that get created based on data captured from registration and usage, and then really see, hey, you know, these are the things that are resonating with these types of customers. And so when I hear something that is consistent with these types of things, okay, that makes sense. Uh, if I hear something that is at odds, then I think, well, you know, it, it sounds like it's important to that person, but, you know, doesn't really fit the model that I see for this type of market. And, and what's the kind of process someone can follow to decide, you know, like what, what makes sense to include in a freemium model? Or do you guys give access to uh, everything and it's more of a trial or there's certain features that are free forever and then there are premium features? How, how are you all set up and how did you get to the, the decision making um, yeah, yeah. So I think that there are a lot of ways that you can be successful. Uh, and, and I don't think there's a necessarily a, um, you know, a formula that is that applies to everybody. But, uh, you know, I think what you want to do is you want to give away enough so that people can really feel like they understand this, the, the software that you're building. And, and they can, they can do a true evaluation and whether that's in a free forever or in a limited time trial, um, you know, it's, I think it's important that you really enable users to get a true sense of whether this thing can be effective for them. And if you build your software in a, in a way that is user-friendly and uh, if you're trying to do something that maybe customers already have a pretty good idea of how to do in another way, you can do that. If you're building something that is super complex and you're solving some sort of problem that, you know, customers really have no experience with, that can be kind of tough, right? Like if there, there, are certain, there are certain applications where freemium or free trials, just they're not going to give enough it has to be, there has to be deep engineering integration and, you know, lots of handholding in order to kind of get to the real value. Um, 
But for, for lots of these other products like ours, you know, we decided we're going to create a, a freemium version free forever. We were inspired by MailChimp, uh, you know, frankly, uh, and, and their success. And we thought, you know what, if we can build a, a company that is like MailChimp, uh, we'll be really happy founders. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think what those Meltship founders are particularly happy at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm originally from Atlanta, so I remember when MailChimp was like kind of just taking off. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, they built an incredible business, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm thrilled for for that whole um, that team and and those founders and what they've been able to accomplish. And so, so they they really were. You know, for us, we, we said we want to we want to make direct mail accessible for email marketers. So if you understand email, then you ought to be able to understand direct mail because they're kind of the same thing. And so so we looked to this great company for leadership there. and We said, you know what, we're going to pretty much do what MailChimp does. Most of our features are free. Um, fortunately, we charge on a usage basis. So the more you send, the more you pay. Right. Value-based pricing. Yeah. So, you know, our pricing model is, it, it is aligned with this approach to the market. So, you know, you, you can create a free account, you can build a campaign, you can send out 10 mail pieces and get a real test of this stuff. And you can spend, you know, you can spend eight bucks and really get a feel for whether this thing works and or right. whether it'll work for you. So now being a, an entrepreneur can be like a, is kind of a notoriously lonely experience, especially uh, early on. Um, who do you get advice and mentorship for, from outside of, of Postalytics? So, you know, as I mentioned, I've, I've been doing this for a long time and, and I've been fortunate to have met a lot of great people and, you know, my, you know, just my, my partner, co-founder here, CTO is, um, you know, we just, we're very comfortable with each other and we've been able to, um, we've had a long relationship. And so, but, you know, lots of great thought thinking and, you know, um, conversations back and forth there. I've also got a, a lot of other folks that have either I've worked with or have invested in my businesses or, um, you know, I've just become friendly here in the, I'm, I'm the Boston area. So there's just a lot of other people that have been involved in early stage tech businesses, uh, that you meet along the way. And it's, it's great to, you know, just go have a beer with somebody who's gone through similar stuff, um, or, uh, you know, just p- be able to pick up the phone and, 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 and just sort of, uh, discuss challenging issues that that come up and and hear other people's perspectives. So um, I think it's just important to build a network along the way, and you know, and and don't be a taker. You know, be a giver. Yeah. Because you know, it, it's definitely the type of thing that if you give your time and your energy and your you know uh, everything you got to help others when when they're reaching out, you're likely to get that back. For sure, for sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about the kind of the the uh, ugly side of of starting a business. Like, what are, what are some of the things you know would be founders out there um, should kind of be aware of as as far as the negative parts of 
starting and, and getting a business, you know, built pre-traction. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, personal cash flow is probably uh, number one, right? <laughs> uh, and, and so when, when your business is in its early days, you're just not going to be able to support uh, a lifestyle that you could doing something else. And, and so you have to be comfortable, um, you know, making that decision. And, you know, the, the folks that uh, are either dependent upon your income or, um, you know, have some role in, in, in your life uh, have to be aligned with it. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, I think that's, that's number one is, you know, can, can you survive for, you know, a year or two years or three years, even with no income or limit, limited income uh, while you're trying to get this thing off the ground. And um, so, so that's certainly one, I think, uh, you know, another is, uh, you know, sometimes you've got to make hard decisions and you have to, you know, you have to do things that you really wouldn't want to do. Like, you know, when, when we decided to change track tracks from what we were doing with Boynet to what we're doing today with Postlytics, we had a lot, we had to let a lot of people go and, uh, you know, it was really hard. You know, it's, it's hard to let good people go, even if it's the best thing for your business and, and, you know, because it's, it's really hard to find good people. So, you know, if you get them along the way and, and they're committed and they're passionate and they're doing all the things that they should be doing, uh, you know, A, you, 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 you know, you shouldn't be letting these people go because, you know, they depend on you and, and, uh, you know, you've sold them on a vision and, and all of a sudden you're saying it's changed, right? Like that just doesn't square. It's hard to do. And then, and then from a, just a pure business standpoint, Hey, you know, I get a good person here. Like that's worth a lot. And, and so, you know, if I got to cut this person free and, they're going to be hurt and they're probably never going to want to, you know, work with you again. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to do. And, and, but ultimately sometimes you have to do that if, if the business is going to survive. And, and uh, so for me, those are the, those are the, probably the two things that stand out the most is, you know, can you, can you suck it up for a while with, with little or no money? And, and can you, can you move on from people? that you have to, whether they're, they deserve it or not. Right. Well, Dennis, this has been really great. Just one last question for you. Uh, what mo motivates you every day? I, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I really like what I do, right? I'm, I'm excited about the business. I'm excited to see it grow. I, I love, you know, I love working with smart people and, and building, this business. Um, but I can also tell you that, uh, my wife and I, uh, last year started jumping in the Atlantic ocean, uh, in at Thanksgiving. And we do that every day of the year when it's safe, uh, regardless of temperature. Oh, you're and, a polar bear. And so, uh, <laughs> every morning, uh, or, or nearly every morning, you'll find my wife and I, uh, on a beach, 
uh, here outside of Boston, jumping in the water for a few minutes. And uh, I can tell you, once you start doing that, you look forward to that every single day. It's an adrenaline rush like that you can't believe. That's great. Well, Dennis, we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. This has been excellent. If uh, For listeners out there, if you're in the market for a direct mail marketing automation platform, uh, check out postalytics.com. And I'm sure Dennis will be more than happy to, to, to get you set up and going. Any final words, Dennis? No, uh, uh, Brian, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun speaking with you today. And uh, I hope your audience enjoys the episode. And, and uh, we're super happy to speak with anybody. Come to our website, uh, sign up, use the free tool. And, um, uh, you know, you can engage with us in any number of ways. Excellent. Thanks so much, Dennis. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, Brian.